And I always operate too through the idea that everyone's lazy, even though some people aren't as lazy, but like <laughs> the human brain in, innately is a lazy organ, right? Or it, it wants to do everything to, with the least resistance possible. So I'm always thinking about like, are they really gonna do it this way, right? And, to the You Need Counselor podcast. My name is Dr. Julie Johnson. I am the president and founder of Curtin Solutions, a counseling agency here in Iowa. Um, so if you are in Iowa and you are looking for a counselor, go ahead and give us a call. Uh, and you can come visit us at any of our seven office locations. And I'm Chris Hunt. I am the vice president in charge of the behavioral health department at Heart and Solutions. So we also go in home um, or in office or school right now as well and work with children ages four to 18 on different behavioral skills. And right now, telehealth is also approved for that too. Um, and this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. So we post on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Central. That gives you the entire week to get on the phone, call your counselor, um, and get scheduled for this week. And we definitely recommend that you batch up a unpleasant task like putting away laundry or doing laundry. Um, and go ahead and pair that up with listening to the podcast. And that will give you uh, something to do while you're doing that unpleasant task. But it also will give you that, that jump start on the week to go ahead and get started with counseling services. Okay, so we are very excited today. Um, we have a guest here, JP Taxman. Um, and JP runs his business, it's called Relief Key, and it is a home organization business. Um, and you can also find JP on his podcast called The Total Home Experience. Um, home organization is a definitely close and dear to my heart. So I am extremely excited um, to hear all about Relief Key and uh, these services that JP is providing. So welcome, JP. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat about counseling and organizing and, you know, love, love, the, in, love the intro, love getting, how you guys got it off. And I love how you talked about, you know, pairing that task with listening to the podcast. Uh, I think that's a great thing to do. I, I, it's something I actually even recommend my, my clients is some of these tasks you don't want to do. Find something you like doing, like watching a TV show or something, and that helps you get through doing it when you're dreading getting after it. Awesome. When I'm on the treadmill, I need to either be watching Criminal Minds because it gets the... <laughs> Or if I listen to like murder and, and makeup, right, that I don't know, I get that adrenaline going already from the story. And then it's like that much easier to to do the workout. Um, and man, when I am going through my house and trying to get rid of stuff or sort things out, um, I always have uh, certain YouTube channels on. So I either have like Minimal Mom on um, or I have uh, some other Slop Comes Clean. I am a huge fan um, of that podcast or of that podcast and that um, YouTube channel. So I am definitely going to be listening to Total Home Experience as well while I'm doing some of those things. So tell us about Relief Key and what it is that you guys offer there. Absolutely. Uh, uh -oh. So at Relief Key, we do, you know, home organizing, which is your standard getting in there, pulling things out, 
uh, working through some of, you know, if you have a big disorganized garage, you just got a bunch of stuff piled in there that can be overwhelming, you know, and a lot of what we deal with is those overwhelming feelings of like looking at a room being like, I can't handle that. Like I've even had clients that the rest of their home is organized. They're, they're pretty good at organizing, but they just want one room becomes get stuff thrown in there where all the other organizing things maybe happen, gets pushed into one room and they just can't handle it, you know, and they need someone to get in there and help them get through kind of what seems like an extremely daunting task. So they hire me to help me help them get in there and also design the systems around making things easier to access and get to, because that's really what I care about too, is like the home efficiency, the home experience, the overall experience of designing your home and making it feel like a place you love to be. Cause I think that's really important. Our homes are, you know, they, they can be either a stressor or they can be a source of stress relief. And, um, you know, I have experienced both in my lifetime. I've experienced coming home and being like, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> like, my things are here, right? But everywhere I look in my house, there's some unfinished project or something I need to do. And the idea of seeing all of those things at one time and then going, look, I don't, I've got two hands and I got an hour before I got to go to sleep and I have a kid to bathe um, and read to, right? And I don't have time stuff to deal with you. Um, and so I've definitely experienced that. And I think that, um, you know, home organization and um, what I focus on are, are you know, a very passionate about um is decluttering of things and and minimalism because oh my gosh I just feel like yeah. I'm not uh when I'm in a space where I can look around me and see things and appreciate those things as opposed to feeling like those things are telling me things to do um I just feel so much calmer and at ease um, yeah it's amazing how much better that can make you feel right. And that can make your just general experience at home when you have less, I believe too. And like having a lot less items makes your life so much easier to manage. Like even like for me, having a lot less pieces of clothing, like I only allow myself to have 14 shirts. That's two weeks of laundry. And that allows me to just do it all at once. And that's just a, a less that I have to think about and deal with in life. Cause life is there's, it's so chaotic. There's so much going on. There's so much to think about and manage that like these little home tasks, I don't want to have to put as much mental thought into, especially when they're things I don't really want to be doing. Right. And a lot of that too, you know, a lot of the point I wanted to make earlier that I forgot, which was idiotic, but is that a great thing about organizing too? connecting the the podcast is (laughs) thank you. Yeah. I need to, you know, uh, (laughs) work on my self-talk, which I'm trying to work on. Um, but it, it helps with, um, you know, depression and anxiety, like even for me, something I'm sure we'll get into is me dealing with my own depression, right? Like when I get in those states, it, what's going on in your head tends to happen also in your environment. So your, your area becomes more cluttered and disorganized and what can really help and really has helped me too. And what I love helping my clients with is getting in there and getting organized and just doing that and having that control and taking that one task really can help with what's going on inside and can also do the reverse of what's happening on the outside is by cleaning up the outside in your environment that can also help clean up what's going on in your head a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really does go both ways. And I love how you're expressing that. Yeah, we can see manifestations of things that are going on internally in our external world. But then when we when we take action on our external world, it can have the opposite effect too, and it can impact our internal world. Um, and 
you know, one thing I'm really passionate about is, um, is trying to lessen and, and limit decisions that I have to make in the day. Um, and so, you know, in, in any line of, uh, work or, you know, projects or passions or hobbies or family stuff, um, there are just so many decisions that we make in a day. And when we get to limit, um, the amount of, clothing that we have to choose from or when we limit the amount of types of food that we uh, have to choose from, um, it does free up so much emotional energy um, and it frees up so much of that decision energy to be able to go, no, I, this is what I'm wearing because <laughs> this is the next item in my closet, right? Um, guys, if you are batching up your laundry right now, Try this, put an outfit together, put together your outfits, hang it up on the on the hanger. And that is the outfit. And that is the next outfit. And if you don't want to wear that next outfit, get rid of it. And then wear that next outfit. <laughs> um, it, this is the project, the process that we do with my daughter's books too. My daughter's five. And, uh, and she just, you know, how books accumulate because they're great. Oh, gifts, right. And they don't feel like clutter. They feel like, well, this is useful. This is educational. Like, yeah. Oh, everyone, everyone, books are great. You know, yeah. you can't get rid of a book. So like, but books can get so overwhelming when they're everywhere in a yeah. child's room. Um, yeah. and so we have a, a bookshelf for my daughter and, uh, and we can only keep the amount of books that are on that bookshelf and if we get new ones then other ones have to go and there's little free libraries everywhere which is so great um and then every night three stories and we pick the next three on the shelf and then we move them to the other side of the shelf and if she's like i don't want to read that story that story is going away <laughs> like, i like it i like it the rotation um but if that just something like that and we talked about systems just those systems, putting those into place, that eliminates so much fighting and challenges at bedtime, right? Because it was always like, pick out your three stories. I want this one. I don't want that one. I don't want this one. And when we go, no, what are the next three? If you don't like that one, that's fine. We'll pick the next one, but that one we're going to give away. That's, so that's a phenomenal system. I mean, I might even steal that, that one on there and start <laughs> to use it for my clients. <laughs> Because that's, yeah, I mean, especially with books, you know, it can be really challenging uh, mm -hmm. to know what to do because you don't want to get rid of them. But when you can do that, and, you, and, you, and that helps you. I like that you have like the, the system of moving them up, right? And moving them through because then you can, that's a great way to filter which ones. Because sometimes you'll be like, well, we'll look and see later, you know, what we want to get rid of. But it's a lot of people don't go back and make that conscious thought to like refilter things. So you, you built in a really nice filtering process to help you make sure that the system is staying in place and that it's not getting over chaotic or overwhelming. Yeah. If it's that one's turn and I don't want it. <laughs> so yeah. outfits too. And you never right? so, yeah. If, it, if it's that outfit's turn and I don't want that outfit, then that outfit, why do I even have that outfit? <laughs> like I don't want that outfit. And you know, the, the thing is like, there's so many avenues for things to come into our house and especially so these days but when we have amazon where it can all be delivered immediately and it's just yeah and then you're, you're like well i'll get it and i'll return it but then i mean personally i'm, I'm very like i'm lazy about returning because it's another thing i gotta go do but uh <laughs> then things can just you know easily pile up you know we're getting stuff on amazon yes
Absolutely. So tell us about some other systems that you um, that you utilize for your clients or that you you help your clients to put into place because man, I'm a huge believer in systems <laughs> because it, it takes that thought out of it. I don't want to think about like, do we like this book? Is this book sentimental? Like, I don't want to think about like, oh, when, where did I buy this outfit? And do I like it? Like, do I want to wear it today or not? And if I want to wear it today, great and use it. And if I don't, then lose it, right? Yeah. Um, because I know that the places that we get books are either gifts or exchanging from the free library. So the idea of getting rid of a book isn't scary because we're replacing it with another book, right? Um, or clothing too. I mean, I get all of my clothes from um, Stuff Etc., which is a consignment store, like a thrift store. And I just feel like I'm renting them, right? So when I get rid of them, they're going back to the consignment store and I'm getting half my money back for them <laughs> and then I can Love get it. other clothes for like the same price right yeah. um and so I, I like to think of of renting my things and I, I, I mean technically we're all renting everything right because yeah. we're not going to have it for all in existence eventually it's going to be somewhere else anyways we just get to decide how long we're keeping it when we're running it you know when we're not running it <laughs> Uh, but I like that. I like that. So uh, yeah, some other systems, um, along with clothing, one of the things I did for a client that, uh, we liked a lot is I like, I like using color a lot. Cause a lot color, you can see quick, you can see and decide on things quickly and understand where things are really fast. Right. So with her, she had a lot of clothing and we got rid of a lot of clothing, but she still had a good amount left. And we had to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we hang this up and how do we make sure that like when you go to find something you're, you can find quickly what you're looking for. And so we categorized your clothing into, you know, business, casual, um, kind of Vegas party. And then there's like kind of just more standard cocktail party. And then she already luckily had what we needed and she just had a bunch of colored hangers. And instead of just have using any hanger, we just decided to uh, color coordinate them. And so now like black was business and pink was, you know, Vegas party dresses and whatever. And then that was, that allowed her to be able to like, okay, I need uh, a business jacket. So then she can go to the black hangers and then find that business jacket in way less time than it takes to do anything else. So, I already have like then, a million colored hangers too. I'm like, I should do that. That's a good idea. Do it. Do it. I love that. <laughs> when you do it, show me a picture. I want to see All right, it. Yeah. Uh, and so, night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get some, get some, that's what we, we, we drink some champagne and hang out and organize your closet. It's great. Uh, so just do that, you know? Um, so then another thing I like to think about, and like I always tell my clients and what's really important to me, because my background is in user experience design, which I don't know if you're familiar with that profession. It's designing um, basically websites and software, right? So that's deciding where that button's going to be. Are the edges of the button curved? Um, but more importantly, like how does the person move through the website? So what's the user experience of, is it intuitive? Do you understand that that button's supposed to do that? Does that icon indicate correctly what this button's going to do when you press it? Thinking through those things is kind of where my background comes from. So I'm kind of taking that into the home and that's kind of the merge of really my business and organizing and all of these things is bring that in. So I'm always thinking about intuitiveness and efficiency. That's like what's constantly going through my head. Like I always start with what are you accessing first? Like that's where I try to start with all my clients is what are the most important things here? Like what are you grabbing all the time? Cause that's the thing 
that if it's tucked back somewhere, it's going to drive you nuts every time you got to move the thing in front of it that you're not grabbing every day. So I try to make sure that we put all the stuff that's most prominent on the eye level shelf that's right in front and that you can grab the things that you're grabbing most often um, as easily and quickly as possible. And even, you know, I'm trying to also even think, kind of, you know, a step down sometimes of like, if it's in a you know box, is that box even necessary? Do you want to even do that extra step of pulling the box out to grab the thing? Or should we just eliminate the box entirely? And a lot of these things is talk through about what the client likes and what they don't like and what they're comfortable with and not and how they, and, and other steps of like, if we take that box or that container, you know, like the plastic, maybe um, clear containers and we keep everything in there, like you might want it all in there because sometimes you might grab it all and take the whole thing out. So then there's a little bit of added use case for it that might be worth having to kind of pull it out a little bit every day for that extra um, added benefit when you need the whole box. What I like about your, your approach to it is that you are similar to counseling, honestly, but you're, you're not trying to teach your client to work with what is around them, you are adjusting what is around the client to how they naturally do things and how they would naturally like things to be for how they are going to do it. Um, And I I think that's really uh, such a key thing. I think that with organization and um, I think that sometimes we get into this trap of like, this is how it should be. Like, this is how we should things and this is where I should keep things but like am I actually going to use that system you know and so what you're doing is you're designing systems around the individual person and what what is their routine and how do they you know function and how do how are they going to communicate with their future self who's too tired to put the effort into putting something away right too tired to put the effort into uh, finding something, right? Like I make all my decisions when I have energy for that version of myself. Like, that's that's smart. You make great decisions. <laughs> so I, so and I, I, and I always operate to you through the idea that everyone's lazy, even though some people aren't as lazy, but like <laughs> the human brain in, innately is a lazy organ, right? Or it, it wants to do everything the most, uh, with the least resistance possible. So I'm always thinking about like, are they really going to do it this way? Right. And a, a way I, I try to combat that too, is I have, so like I have, um, well, three steps, but it's, I, I have about four, five, four or five sessions that I, I urge my clients to go through. They don't have to, but I urge them to do the extra sessions to, to really iterate and figure those things out. Cause like the first time that we do it, so we go through, it's the pull purge and prep phase. So that's kind of we're pulling everything out. We're going through it. Right. We're doing like consign what to keep, get rid of, throw away. And then, um, we're prepping it. So we're putting it into categories to kind of decide where we think it's going to be placed. And then you have the place phase, which is then we put it away and we decide, okay, we think this is, you know, it's our hypothesis. We think it's, this is where it, it works. Like based on the information you gave me, I think this is where this should go. Right. It's hard to know for sure. Cause I'm not seeing you use the system every day. I'm not, I haven't seen you really interact with this, mm-hmm. these items consistently. So I'm making my best guess and you kind of are too, cause you're not most clients haven't really thought through how they're operating in their home consistently. So then from there, like what I try to do is I have the done, done well, and then done right sessions. So like doing it, getting it done is it's kind of already done when we've, when we've placed things, but get, I try to have that extra done session to like come back one more time and like, let's take another look. Let's see how you've worked in there. Let's see where things are actually going back to 
let's see how everyone else in the house is using this system. And then we can make our adjustments and add little, you know, other organizers and things that might be needed, or I can kind of build some custom, like I do custom foam inserts and custom drawer inserts and I have some of these things that I can add for, for clients. And then you have the done well, which is just, again, coming back, like the more we go in it and look at it, the more we can catch, because it's hard to catch everything the first couple of times, especially after you like use it more consistently than like some things you don't access as much. So we need to see over time, give you a little bit of time to try accessing some of the things that you aren't accessing as often and see if it's still okay for the, the client to be grabbing those things. So consistently getting in there and iterating and adapting and making the system better is how you make a really great optimized system. And that just, it takes time and takes a little bit more money, but I think at the end of the day, it's worth it. And that's really what I care about providing my clients. Phases because you're giving people the permission to not go for perfect, right? Giving people permission for like, let's go for something and then let's tweak it. Let's learn from each revision um, until it it is the way that we want it, right? But we're not going for perfect right away. And mm-hmm. perfect can really stand in the way a lot of times, right? When we go for perfect right away, then we, we feel like, oh, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I like about your steps is that you're, you're giving us permission to go, no, I'm not going for perfect. I'm specifically not going for perfect because I'm not even on that step. Um, I'm specifically going for get it done. Just get it done, yeah. <laughs> Just get it done, like, Done is good, you know, um, and and then being able to use that information that you can gather from having it done to improve it and continue to tweak the system. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So what? So let's talk about um, mental health and organization because oh my goodness. Um, so you know the DSM five uh, created a or not created but um, included uh, a new anxiety disorder called uh, hoarding disorder, yeah, and that was not previously in the DSM five, so that was not previously a diagnosable mental health uh, disorder. Now it is, um, and I I always still think of the DSM five as like new. It's not that new. <laughs> it's like 2012, 2013. Wait, what's the what's the what's the new one called? Yeah, so the DSM five. So that's the Diagnostic Statistical, Statistical Manual um, okay. for mental health diagnoses, and um, and previously hoarding disease or hoarding disorder was not in the previous oh, okay. hoarding, sorry. Yes. Gotcha. So hoarding disorder is actually in there and it's under, and I always thought this was fascinating. It is categorized under the anxiety disorders. And mm-hmm. I, when I heard that, I went, well, of course it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really thought about it as an anxiety disorder until they included it in there and put it in that section. So tell us a little bit about, I would love to hear about your personal experience um, with with kind of how these things help you and um, what is your experience with anxiety or or depression related with these things and how can these things help us with those things? Yeah, so um, dealt with depression for a good deal of my life. It kind of emerged in high school and I've just been mitigating it for since then and made a, a tremendous amount of call it uh, of progress when I left college and just started to really, I moved to Phoenix with like, uh, with making that was one of my big steps to, uh, as an effort to be like, okay, I think I have kind of the, the sad, the seasonal affective disorder. 
because I was living in Colorado and I felt like it got a little worse during the winters. Um, so I was like, I need to go somewhere warm. And so I moved out to Phoenix where I live now. And it's honestly one of the best decisions of my life. Cause A, I love Phoenix. I met some great people here, but it really like when I first moved to, it's not like it was cleared up, you know, it's still not cleared up. I, I, I've been able to manage it better, but a lot of it has been in the beginning too, is like when everything was just feeling terrible, I was like, well, at least it's warm out. Like at least it feels nice. I can go for a run. And that just helped me feel just a tad bit better about what I was going through at the time. Right. And so then I, I slowly developed and worked on other things to help me uh, manage and deal with the depression. Like, you know, calling friends uh, when you're in it, which I still am not as good at at times. Um, but eating while exercising, um, sleeping while is really important, which I've been dealing with really lately because I've also been kind of dealing with a lot of anxiety, building a business, very challenging, extremely stressful, you know, so just like working through a lot of those issues and just trying to stick into the habits and build habits that help me, uh, be able to manage that when I get through it. And I, I used to be really bad where I'd fall into some really bad behaviors, not the worst in the world. Luckily, like I don't, I haven't had any drug issues luckily, but my main addiction is just Netflix. Like I'll find a Netflix in my bed and then I'll just do nothing. And then I feel worse and you get in spiral. And then it's just like, what do I do? So again, one thing I try to remind myself was like, okay, if you're, if you're in this, like, just, just, I try to focus on one thing, right? One thing, just one damn thing, whether it be, okay, go fold your laundry or just go make something like go in there and just, just start it. Like you don't have to finish it. It doesn't have to get complete. Like just go work on it for five, 10 minutes. And then if you do that, A, you've done something you've committed to yourself and you've made an agreement with yourself that you executed on because it wasn't too crazy. And then often what you find is you just keep going because now you're in it, you've moved, you've gotten out of whatever you were, the kind of initial rut you were in for that specific moment. And you're working on something new. So like really for me, again, being like, working on something, creating something, getting my workshop, putting some paper together, even just drawing something can really help me kind of start to pull myself out of it. I love a lot of things you said. One of my favorite books is The One Thing, right, by Gary Keller and like monotasking. Oh my gosh. Monotasking is life changing. Um, we have so much overwhelm. We have so much temptation to multitask and there was such a big push in right like the 90s and, and the, even like the 80s and the 90s right of like multitasking you can do it all yeah no, get twice as much done like no what they mean is like get twice as much done half as well mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, monotasking, I love that. And I love when you were describing, first of all, I love that you called, uh, you know, your your uh, desire to watch Netflix. I love that you called that an addiction because that's literally what it is. And there are so many people who don't acknowledge it as an addiction um, and who go, well, yeah, like everybody watches their phone, like, you know, like what's wrong with TV? Nothing's wrong with TV, Right. But when, when it becomes a compulsion, when it becomes that addiction of like, where do I go for comfort? I go to my phone, right? Mm-hmm. Where do I go when I'm bored, anxious, unrestful, uh, sad, angry? I go to my phone. Mm-hmm. That's where those, um, we can build those patterns because it's to the detriment of those other things that we want to be doing. So I, I love that you acknowledge it as 
an addiction because, you know, I mean, I'm in 12 step program and that is the first step, my friend. Yeah, right. right. I can't handle this. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, I love that. And uh, I think that, you know, because it's such a, because it's so common, it doesn't get that identification yet, right? Of no, this yeah. is an addictive behavior. Um, and it causes us problems, right? But we think, well, everybody has that. Um, so I love that you said that. I also loved what one of my mantras when I'm feeling overwhelmed with like my house or even just like work or, you know, Chris and I know building a business is not easy <laughs> and mm-hmm. it is super stressful all the time. Um, But, you know, when I sit and I look at 200 emails or when I sit and I look at, uh, you know, my house or my kitchen and things that need to be done or my to-do list, my mantra always is do anything, (laughs) do anything. Um, And so when I say to myself, okay, because I'll always question, well, what what should I do, right? What's the next thing to do? What's the most important thing to do, whatever. And I always got to stop that line of thinking and go do anything yeah just do something and then i'll get you on to the next things and then you'll figure it out and then when that's done do anything else (laughs) like literally anything um and so that when you talked about you know being able to pick one thing go okay but i'm gonna literally like put the clothes in the washing machine i'm not gonna run it like i'm just gonna put them in there there's so much power in that. There's so much power in that first step in allowing ourselves to go, no, I am limiting what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one manageable thing. I'm going to do one dishes step every morning, right? While I have my coffee, I'm going to load the dishwasher or I'm going to unload it depending on where it's at. I'm going to do one laundry step per day. I'm going to put the clothes in the washing machine and tomorrow I'll run it, right? So that one thing I love what you're saying about that because that is so important when we get that overwhelm. Um, And so uh, I absolutely, I think that um, you're so right about anxiety being, so uh, it can be so exacerbated by, you know, these, this overwhelm, right? Um, And then when we mix depression with it, Depression then makes us more overwhelmed because we're not keeping up always on the Yeah, then you just feel bad about it and you spiral and then you're and then I'm watching Netflix again. Absolutely right. Need a bunch of cookies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because where do we go for comfort, right? Uh, we go to those those things. And you know, a lot of times because certain addictions are legal, um, they seem like they're less of a big deal, right? They seem yeah. less. Uh, less of a impact on our life or they seem less deadly. Um, but food addiction kills more people in this country than any other. Oh man, that, that that's one big one for me for sure. Yeah. People are yes. not really paying attention to the big, big issue that that, that one is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and phones, you know, phone addiction, it, it, it contributes to that, to that health side of things. Um, so absolutely. I love that you're acknowledging that as an addiction. Um, and I also, what I also heard you say um, about, you know, reaching out and feeling like you have those coping tools, but then going, okay, but when I am having depressive symptoms, I'm less likely to do those coping tools, even though I know what they are and I know that they work. But knowing it doesn't change it. <laughs> and so no, what I like no. about- And then you feel worse when you don't do it. You're like, 
I know I need to be doing these things. <laughs> and it, but then you feel, again, it comes back to that anxiety and then the depression and the overwhelm comes in. You're like, I need to be doing all these things. And then I'm not doing all these things. And then you're just like, again, get back in the patterns. And then, but and then again, it comes back to just, just do that one thing. Just make it easy on yourself. Yeah, do the one thing. I love it. Um, and gosh, I've, because I've had uh, anxiety, and severe social anxiety when I was a, a young, young child. Um, mm, and, then, and then severe generalized anxiety disorder um, just throughout my entire childhood. And I just thought that was my personality. Like, I didn't know I had a personality. I just thought that that was my personality. Um, and didn't realize that, like, no, that's not my personality. That's this disorder that I have. Um, and that's those symptoms that I have. That's not who I am. Um, and, you know, I had... Uh, have always struggled with depressive symptoms and um, it's so singular, right? So when, when we're not having those symptoms, um, we feel like, man, I'm a competent person, right? <laughs> like I can do oh, anything. Man. I'm like, cool. But yeah, I'm like, I can do anything. Yes. It's all possible. Those symptoms, it's like, it kind of makes it worse because we know we can do it. <laughs> yeah. We're what I like, I was just, I was, what, how do I get back there? First of all, is what I always wonder. And then A, it's like, why do I slip back? And then I'm like, I was just, I was feeling so good. Everything seemed so possible. And now nothing feels possible. Can I do this? Am I capable? All those things and thoughts start to slip in. You're like, oh, well, you know, you just keep going. I, it's the other thing is it's just, that's one thing I, I did too when I started my business is I wrote on the whiteboard, you're going to fuck up. You're going to mess up. You're going to not, you're going to be too tired. You're going to have too much to do. And I just wrote that, that and that's okay. Just keep going. Just keep going. And so the, I was like, when I, when I was, you know, going through it and I'd look up the whiteboard, be like, okay, I'm in it. I already told myself it's okay to go through this. Mm-hmm. And then just, it's okay. And then just keep going. Like, that's the main thing. Like, especially in entrepreneurship, you know, you only fail when you quit and yeah. it's just, you got to keep moving despite whatever's going on. So true. That's so true. Um, consistency, you know, that's consistency is the key to success. Just keep on going. Um, and, and that longevity, right? Because like you talked about with your clients, every time we make a new mistake, we learn from it. And as long as we learn from those new mistakes, let's keep making new mistakes. Why not? We're learning Absolutely. from it every single time. Let's just not make the same mistakes. <laughs> let's yeah. make new ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's yeah. one of the values of my company, you know, make mistakes and try to learn from them. Mm-hmm. It's essential. Absolutely. One of my, uh, whenever I'm doing running, so uh, Chris and I do um, races like half marathons. And, um, and so when we, I always have in my head Dory, right? From uh, <laughs> I'll be like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I, that's I, that's maybe one of the best lines in all of film history. Honestly, it. it's just like it's so catchy and it's just so right. It just hit it so on the head. Like that's what it is. Just just keep swimming, just keep just swimming, keep, just keep and that's swimming. all you do. Just keep going. <laughs> And, you know, and Dory is like, she's actually a really great spirit animal for mental health because Dory can only focus on one thing at a time, right? Like Dory, she she is very distracted, but she gets into focus on one thing. She kind of gets tunnel vision and goes and follows the little shiny thing, right? Out out of the screen. And um, and, the thing about Dory is she's so, she's happy. 
in that, yeah. right? Because she is able to block out. So yes, Dory has challenges. We all have challenges. <laughs> but have she's able to block out those other things. And um, and I always think about in that movie too, when all the fish are like, swim down, swim. They're all in the net, right? And they're all like flopping around and then yeah. they're like, swim down. And they all swim down together and it breaks the boat. I love that movie. <laughs> it's great. It is one of the all. It best is a good movies. one. Have you guys seen T- Ted Lasso yet? Uh-uh. uh-uh. Oh man, you guys got to watch Ted Lasso, especially the encounters, the second season. It's about sports psychology. It's it's phenomenal. But there's a there's one point in there that was really amazing where there's this one of his players which is, you know, have a, just was having a bad day, wasn't playing so well, and he calls him over and he goes, uh, hey do, do you know uh what was it? it's like do you know like the the what animal has the like worst memory or has like a two second memory and the guy's like no what it's like a goldfish and, he, and then he tells the guy uh be a goldfish <laughs> and what he's getting at right is just if you when you mess up or whatever just forget about it yeah dwell on it for two seconds and then move away from it just on to the next thing and work on you know the next kick and have the next kick be a great kick and score the goal with the next kick. But just have that memory of a goldfish and that, that, that one really stuck with me, but definitely check out Ted Lasso. Amazing, amazing show. Got it. It reminds me of the Lion King when the (laughs) gets hit on the head and then uh, he says, ouch, that hurt. And he said, it doesn't matter. Oh no. He says, why did you hit me in the head? Right. Why'd you do that? And he says, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It was in the past. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he said oh yeah the past can hurt <laughs> i love that and That's it's, good. So, it's so true because mm-hmm. you know the one of the things that we do in counseling so often is we practice mindfulness because mindfulness staying in that present moment and you mentioned staying in the present moment being exactly like where are my feet okay they're right here mm-hmm. i'm talking to you that's what I got to be thinking about right now, right? Not what I did an hour ago, not what I got coming up an hour from now, but exactly where I am and who I'm with and focusing on that. And, you know, anxiety, whenever we're in anxiety, we're in the future. And whenever we're in uh, depressive symptoms or regret, right, or resentment, we're in the past. But the present there's no reason for that in the present, right? Because we get to choose the present. We don't get to choose the past and we don't get to choose the future, but we do have control over right now, this minute. I can be standing outside in two seconds if I want to, right? I can stand up right now and walk out of here, right? Um, And so we have choice over this moment, but we don't have choice over the others. And so, um, you know, I love what you're saying because it, it really does speak to those mindfulness techniques of just like, where are my feet? I mean, you know, be here now, experience the present as much as you can. As again, meditation is definitely key, you know, uh, which I could definitely do a little bit more of again. Um, but yeah, it's a, 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 and I interviewed him on my podcast, one of my good friends, Justin Tanner, he's a neuro, uh, neurobiologist. Basically, you know, like Neuralink and like all the brain, he like puts chips in like eight brains and like studies it. Uh, hmm. So he studies the brains, a researcher, he's a fascinating guy. And all that I was like, so what do you like recommend for like calm or, you know, like just better experience in the home or whatever? And his main answer was just meditate. 
And so it's interesting that like this brain researcher that is using all this fancy technology, she's like, yeah, meditation is the key. Yeah. I love it. So true. It makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when I think about items and things, right, and, and holding on to things that maybe we don't need or, you know, having things be in places that aren't actually suited to, like, how we're going to use them, um, it, 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 I like to use this also um, when I'm, so I, I work a little bit with people just to help them with, with some of this kind of stuff. It's a side Um, But one of the things that I like to use with people is I hold up and I I did this to Krissa. She cleaned (laughs) my closet. (laughs) Sure did. Um, So hold up an item, right? And I'll say, why do you have this? Like, why? literally, why is this in your house? Um, Usually it's a story about like, well, for the future, right? Some imagined future. Or it's like, well, that was what I used for... (laughs) I hear it all the time yes and so this is an item well this is an item from the present because I'm drinking out of it but so many of the things around us are items from the past and we know that when we are in the past when we have items around us that bring us to the past it can set us up for those resentments those regrets right Um, and when we have items that we're saving for the future Right, some imagined future where like I don't have enough coffee mugs, right? Or like where there's right, yeah. All right, might I just might need that thing? I always tell my clients, I'm like, you might, but like if you do, just buy another one on Amazon. Like this thing isn't like expensive enough for you to not be able to just buy it. I know it might be nice to have it around, but if it's just gonna sit and take up space and you're gonna need it in two years, just take that time in the next in two years to go buy a new one. Don't don't keep it around. But there's a lot of a lot of clients have tough times too with gifts, right? gifts uh getting rid of gifts because you feel bad because someone gave it to you that's very nice of them but i'm also like do you really like it do you want it in your home and they're like mm, no i'm like then it's okay to get rid of it like the the gesture is what mattered it wasn't the thing that they actually gave you so you don't have to keep the thing unless you like really need to be reminded of them every day and then you should leave it out otherwise it's just taking up space and thank them you know in your mind for giving you that thing thank the thing for allowing the gesture to occur and then send it on its way and leave space for the next gift that they give you that you actually want to have around. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Gifts are so tough. I, I feel like gifts, you kind of got to get out in front of has been my experience right now. Like, um, and, and there's like, there's a lot of, um, Stigma is probably not the right word, but there's a lot, it's kind of like a faux pas or seem like a faux pas to like ask for what you want as gifts, right? Um, but man, I I love that. <laughs> that that makes such a big difference. Just like in October, being like, okay, anybody that I'm buying gifts for, like, what do you want? <laughs> That's way it's way. I think I was watching like, a good YouTube video the other day about a guy that talked about gift giving, and he's. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to pull it off exactly the way you put it, but basically like there's a couple of ways to do gifts. There's a ask for what they want, but then instead of just giving it to them, you can present it to them in a very fun and unique way where like you send them on a scavenger hunt to go get it, or, you know, you surprise the time at which you give it to them and you don't give it to them right on their birthday. You give it to them a day or two before at like a nice dinner or something. Right. So that's another way. There's another way to give gifts. You said that, is about personalization, which is one of my favorites because a lot of my business is in custom and, and personalizing. And so like, but, but I, ha- I've always think like, Oh, I have to build it from scratch. You know, like 
I made my mom's wedding ring and her, her and her new husband's wedding rings. Oh. And I was like, I need to put all this effort into it. But then he gave me this really bright idea of just like buy something. And then I have even in uh, just like a heat gun, not heat gun, heat like knife engraver. And then just yeah. engrave their name on it, you know, and then it gives it that personal aspect. But it doesn't have to be something that's even more than $15. Absolutely. I love that. Some of my favorite, you know, uh, my husband's actually really great at gift giving. Um, and, and I think it's because he gets me. So I, I gift gifts are not my love language. They're like my lowest love language. Acts of service are my love language. Oh, okay. Um, like for, for anniversaries, for example, um, my husband will always do something funny and cute with like the the traditional gift for that year um and so like when it was wool for example he like it was like wool and copper and so he like took all these like rolls of pennies and like put cotton balls on them and made like a sheep like a sheep scene out of it and it was hilarious and he put like rollos on it where it looked like cow pies and stuff it was so funny and I was hilarious right and like um, what year it was iron. Um, and I don't like, I don't, I'm just not a person who wears jewelry, right? So it was the iron anniversary. And he gave me this, he had me open it and it was a ring box. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, like bracing myself to get a ring. And, uh, and I opened it and it was like the little iron from the Monopoly Set. Oh, <laughs> he, thanks, he like yeah. bought a secondhand Monopoly set and like got the iron from it, like put it in the ring box and was like, Oh, that's clever. I like it. <laughs> Especially that he got you. I think the best part is that he like he knew something about you that you wouldn't like rings. And so he like <laughs> gave you a little mystery act that he got you a ring. Really <laughs> off the track. <laughs> yep. You know, and those are so those are so fun. Or like, you know, concert tickets or something like that, theater tickets. Um, one time he wrapped them in literally, like he must have saved boxes for like three months because he I opened up this giant box and then there was another box inside wrapped. So I unwrapped that and there was another box <laughs> and then I get to this like little tiny box and it had like concert tickets in it, right? But I had opened like 20 boxes that were that's phenomenal. Really friendly, but super fun because the experience, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't remember those concert tickets or that gift if he had gotten me a sweater. I wouldn't remember that experience of that gift, but because of the way it was presented, I remember it, right? Yep. And it adds yep. to our story. Um, and so I love what you're saying about make it an experience. And that is more important. That's more long lasting than the gift itself. Thousand percent, thousand percent. It's all about the experiences we have with people. I think and that's you know another thing I really care about. And again, another thing I love about the job that I that I that I have is I really get to know my clients. You know, like intimately. Uh, there's it's very unique that you get to go into someone's house and literally learn about everything they own, right? And learn about their whole lives. And you're sitting with them for hours too. So you're sitting with this person for hours, just talking about life and parents and who you, who each other is. And then you're also seeing photos of, you know, they show you photo albums, they show you like they're important mementos and things. And that's something that I really enjoy about this job is like the relationships that I get to build with people um, through working with them and helping them get organized. And then I get to see that feeling of relief that the experience once it's complete and that they feel better. And then I just got to help this person who's slowly become my friend. 
like a, you know, an archaeological dig of sorts, right? Like it's an archaeological experience. You learn yeah. about people through what they have in their house. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think that's such a cool way to, uh, to for you to get to know your clients, but also for your clients to get to know themselves and what these things mean about who they are um, as a human. I think that's such a cool um, way to do it because, you know, we say in the counseling world, like we... We're not designed as human beings to face these challenges alone. We're just not. And I can't be objective about my own emotional stuff, right? Like I can't see my irrational thoughts. I just can't see them like because they're my thoughts. And the same is true with something that's been in my house for 15 years, right? And like, that's just where it is. That's where it goes. Um, It just takes that it is there. But maybe we need to take another perspective on it. Like, exactly right. We need that external perspective. We need somebody who can be objective about our stuff and be like, okay, but like, do you wear those slippers? Well, no, but like, that's where my slippers go. Okay, but like, have you ever worn those slippers? Nope. Should we get rid of the slippers? Yeah. Okay. That easy. Absolutely. And if you want to wear them, like, where do you put them in your system, right? Mm-hmm. So that you do wear them so that they are being triggered um, to wear them. So I love this conversation. And honestly, like, we're running out of time, but um, JP, would you come back in January for a second episode? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. That'd be great. I've had a great time on this one. This has been awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we are running low on time for this episode, but I'd love to do a two-parter sure. here because I feel like we could probably talk for another hour at least. <laughs> easily, <laughs> easily. Went by fast. Awesome. All right. So, um, JP, we're going to wrap up with our wrap up question. So if you could give a suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting either counseling or having somebody that can be objective about your stuff (laughs) come into your house, what suggestion would you give that person if they're on the fence? So I'll do both. So for counseling to start, um, a lot of people just need and I mean, it plays into both, honestly, is you need that person that's going to be there and just be a mirror for you. You know, that's what counseling can do a lot is it can just show you things. They're not necessarily there to tell you what to do. They're there just to reflect what's going on in your brain to help you see something you otherwise wouldn't have seen. Right. And that's what I, that's like the, one of the benefits I got from counseling is like, there's some things where I would, I would act in a certain way or kind of be thinking certain ways. And then she'd ask a certain question and I'd be like, oh, hmm, okay. And then it'd make me, even if it made me question it for a second. I could either be more certain in my belief because I re-justified and rethought through something that I needed to think through a little further, or I'd be like, oh, I was completely wrong there about that way I was thinking or that behavior about me or someone else. And that's something that I think counseling can really help with. And especially people who have had, you know, serious traumas and dealt with some serious things is going through counseling just to help you really uncover some of these aspects of your mind and subconscious that you you have trouble accessing or getting to is a big reason I'd recommend getting counseling um getting you know someone to help with your home and organizing that's just it, helping someone you know similar aspects they're, they're very kind of similar in different ways mm-hmm. uh, but someone there to help you again ask those questions that you're not asking um uh that you haven't asked yourself or might not ask yourself and just someone to help you get through it and be there while you uh, work through getting your home more organized and put together can really help out. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You're, you're like a, 
if, if mental health counselors, right, we're going through all the clutter and junk in our minds, you're doing it in the physical world in somebody's home. And I think that's, there's such a uh, mirroring of, you know, the, because these, mm -hmm. these things are, they work, right? Like being able to just ask those questions and being able to be objective about somebody's stuff and hear the stories, right? Sometimes all we need is just to say, this is the story about this thing. This is why I'm keeping it. Okay, now I can let it go, right? Because you're my human yep. diary and you know that that thing existed, right? And sometimes that's all we need. And sometimes that's all we need in counseling too, is that somebody else heard my story. My story is real. My story is valid. My story exists. Okay, now I can let go of those feelings, right? And, uh, and, and same thing for you, but it's just, it's physical things as opposed to thoughts, feelings. Yeah, that are absolutely. So I love that. I'm JP Taxman and I definitely need a counselor. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so does Chris. <laughs> awesome. So, um, if you are, if you work with people uh, anywhere in the country, is that right? It's virtual for Relief Key, or do you go? No, I'm. I'm just in Phoenix currently. Um, I'd be willing to, if someone's like, I really need your help. I'd be willing to give virtual a shot, see how it goes. Um, but also, you know, um, we can talk about, you know figure out how to get me out there if you if you really want me and want me to fly out there or uh i'm all about solving problems so if you really want me if you really want my solutions and to hire me uh just give me a call reach out and we can kind of figure out how to make it work absolutely awesome so how can people reach you so if they're in the phoenix area especially um mm -hmm. how can they reach you to get signed up for relief key uh so my website www.reliefkey.co uh, that's a great place to go to find me. I'm on Instagram at Relief Key. Same on Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook. I'm on all those. And then again, you can check out the podcast, uh, The Total Home Experience. Uh, it's about everything home, but how to make your home more enjoyable, effortless, and easy to live in. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So reach out to JP. Um, and we, I would love to invite JP back because I feel like we could, we could fill a whole other episode. Um, if you are in Iowa and looking for mental health counseling, definitely give us a call at Curtain Solutions, 800-531-4236. We are doing virtual uh, sessions as well. So phone or computer right now, um, or you can visit us in person at one of our seven locations, uh, or you can do BHIS for children in home as well. And like Julie mentioned at the beginning, we post every Sunday night at 5 p.m. Central time. So save up your laundry or whatever chore you don't want to do this week. Um, listen to us while you do it. And we can help convince you to call a counselor or to contact JP about Relief Key as well this week. Absolutely. And uh, you can send us a message on Facebook Messenger or DM on Instagram at You Need a Counselor Podcast. Uh, we get messages uh, of people in different states looking for counselors. So if you are looking for a counselor in your zip code, we may not be able to serve you if you're not in Iowa, but we will definitely help you get connected with a counselor in your area. I'm Chris Lamont. And I'm Dr. Julie Johnson. And we need a counselor. And so do you. Bye. Bye.